I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. The season is here. It's opening day. We have so much to discuss and not enough time. So let's get in. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content on windsider.com that's windsider.com are you looking to get tickets for the upcoming WNBA season thanks to our sponsor TickPick, you don't have to worry the original no fee ticket site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion Chicago Sky. Use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash W-I-N-S-I-D-R. That's TickPick.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket needs for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. Rachel, we've been chatting about this day for what feels like forever. Um, I assume as a Jewish boy, that this is what Christmas morning feels like. Um, <laughs> what, what's going through your mind? Are you excited? Are you anxious? Are you nervous? Uh, it's tip-off day. It's tip-off day. I'm excited. I felt like I got a little bit of a break between the collegiate season and now WNBA season. Um, I'm a little disappointed. You know, none of these games are on any main stations tonight, but that's all right. You know, anyone who's a seasoned WNBA uh fan or media member or follower and knows pretty much how to find it. Um, the different loopholes, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever it might be. So that, that's a little disappointing. I know I think there's games that are played on ESPN tomorrow. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's here. I think, you know, for me, I, I personally, I have to take the first three to five games with a grain of salt as, as you know, but yeah, it's here. I'm ready to watch some basketball. Yeah. And speaking of grain of salt, that, that is a, we're going to get into that momentarily because I think a, a variety of things are going to go into that, but we'll touch on that shortly. Before we do, the last few days have just been brutal. Um, you and I know it as well as anybody who's not a player in the league or a coach in the league, a.k.a. someone who gets cut or has to do the cutting, but it was a brutal, brutal last few days. Um, I'm I'm tempted here, Rachel, as you and I have discussed many a times. I'm very tempted to like go on a rant about <laughs> this idea that we need to expand because people got cut. Because like while I full agree with the idea that the W needs to expand, I also and I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you agree with me that like at the end of the day, like I it just sounds ridiculous in my mind to sit here and go like these players who weren't good enough to make a team are the reason why we should expand. I I think if we expand, it's it's going to take whatever. I, I'm going down a dark <laughs> dark hole here. No, because it, 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 I honestly like shout out to Kurt Miller. He had a quote I think that was like, "There's a difference between having the best 12 person roster and having the roster or like the roster that you can fit under the cap." And and I think there's something to be said about that, but also like those players are doing rookie scale contracts. So it's not like their rookie scale contract is the thing that's hurting them. It's the vets, bigger 100%. contracts that's yep. hurting them. Absolutely. We could. 
that, that, that new CBA and, and getting people more money has affected the cap space to now you're seeing rosters that aren't even at 12, you know, and, and so it's, it's the rookie scale contracts that, you know, those are the ones that they really aren't hurting anything. It's those middle of the tier ones, <clears throat> you know, that, that like, there's just no room to fit at times. And, and so, I mean, yeah, like what we're seeing is, is we see this every year. We see these cuts every single year. Like, you know, you had however many players opt into the WNBA draft. Like this isn't, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And I believe expansion, you know, it's just a matter of time. Um, that's for sure. That's for certain in my mind, but you know, it, it's everything that you said exactly. You know, the new CBA and the cap situation has made this really complicated in, in terms of just even extra roster spots. These are not teams of 12 anymore. You know, a lot of them are just teams of 11, and that sucks because, you know, that's that that's that rookie rookie that, come, that comes into camp that you potentially could build, you know, your franchise around. Um, but again, like, it, it, that's a whole thing well, that everyone is talking about and, and angry about and upset about and all those things. And then on the other hand, you know, this is the most elite league in the world with the most limited roster spots. And it is tough. It is frustrating. And I think that, you know, players who have an opportunity to, um, you know, make those decisions as to leave college or whatever, you have to, you have to know the facts going into this, how complicated and just, just how difficult it is going to be. Uh, with each franchise and each team. And, you know, again, like I, I'm not going to join everybody and that we need the expansion. Cause again, I, I have peace knowing that I really do believe it's coming in the next couple of years. And so, um, you know, that'll help the situation, but yeah, I mean, Kurt Miller's exactly right. It's, it's not even necessarily about the best players and, and putting together the best team. It's how do you work within this, this cap, which has become complicated. Well, I, and I think that like, Honestly, hearing you talk, and, I, and I've thought about this before. Normally, I think about this right before I fall asleep. Uh, I think about the WNBA cap numbers. That helps me fall asleep. Um, <laughs> no, but like in all seriousness, um, something that I thought about was like, I don't think like if 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 the go- if the reason people want expansion is because there's these players that they love from college, or, um, and they're just not making teams in the W. I don't think. The expansion in the sense of adding more teams is the specific answer for that because I think then you're just adding a few more spots and there's, you know, enough – like what, what people need to realize is these teams, a lot of them are in situ- – the, the teams that are cutting all these rookies and not signing rookies, you know, I'm thinking about the Seattles, the Minnesota, um, specifically those two teams, um, others fall into it, but – those are teams that are putting their chips in and saying, we need to win now. We don't have time to do player development and grow these young players. And I think that's where we need the expansion is, you know, whether it's a practice squad or having, you know, uh, some sort of roster that expands over the 12 so that we have more players. So we don't have situations because right now, and, and well, real quick, we'll talk about the cuts and then we'll talk about the signings and just kind of the situations that teams are in early on versus the rest of the season. Um, but a lot of teams, because of overseas commitments, and I know the CBA is going to kick in that overseas training camp issue thing next year. Um, but because of overseas commitments and so many other things, like teams can't carry young players to grow them and develop them. So they're forced to take vets at vet minimums because if you're taking a vet at a more middle of the pack contract, it's really going to screw you over and you're going to be stuck as a middle of the pack team. Yeah. Um, let me run over a few major cuts that happened in the past few days. 
that if you didn't know about, you're living under a rock, or I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because we only talk about W. But uh, Minnesota Lynx cut Leisha Clarendon and Renaya Davis. I think those two were kind of the bigger shocking ones, uh, which signaled that Rachel Bannum would be making the team. The Seattle Storm cut uh, Kiki Herbert Harrigan and Avina Westberg. Avina Westberg, a player who had a phenomenal training camp, a phenomenal preseason, um, but just uh, uh, similar to, I think, a Renaya Davis, where they had depth at that position um, and they needed to, in a tight cap crunch, make a spot for somebody else. With Laysia Clarendon, it should be noted. Um, I know there's been some dispute, and I just want to put my thoughts out there. Rachel, obviously, as always, feel free to interrupt me. Laysia Clarendon was not 100%. Uh, Cheryl Reeve put that out there. Laysia then put out that she's been cleared to play, and she's ready to play, um, and they made it very clear that they feel fit enough to play. The difference of a player saying, I'm ready to play and I can play, and a coach looking at the medical diagnosis, whatever it is, diagnostic, diagnosis, um, diagnosis um, is that Reeve needs to think what's going to happen throughout the whole season. Having lay for the first three games and then a hobbled 40% lay, 80%, 60% lay is not going to get them what they need. And they are all chips in to win it all for Sill. Yep. Um, another surprising one was New York suspended Kylie Shook. Another super interesting one that I think caught most people by by shock. Um, I could, I, there, there was a different, better pun there, um, but it, the LA Sparks suspended Amanda Zowie B so that they could sign rookies like uh, Olivia Nelson Adoda. They also cut Taya Cooper and Arella Garantis. Um, very, very interesting. We can talk about the Sparks for a very long time. Surprise signings. Um, Odyssey Sims signed with Minnesota, came back. That was... They, you know, they, they announced the Odyssey Sim signing kind of buried in there, their cuts. Um, Kyla Charles, uh, who was recently cut from Connecticut this morning, just announced that she signed uh, with New York. I believe there's a report that came out um, that she was just going to be there for one game because uh, with Hardship. Rebecca Allen. What? Hardship, yeah. Hardship, yeah, exactly. With Rebecca Allen overseas and then Didi injured or sick and um, Benajah injured or sick. Uh, they brought her on and one second. Um, and the other interesting one was Katie Benson making the Mystics starting day roster, a person who played at the university of Maryland, a person who was not drafted, a person who came in in the middle of camp, but you know, the sharpshooter did enough to secure a spot. And that's one of those feel good stories. Yeah. I love to see it mostly because she's on a team with coach T who values player development even when he's in a tough spot. And then the other thing is that she's there with um, Alicia Clark and Natasha Cloud, two yeah. players who were not, you know, the superstar first round picks that most WNBA players are. So I think Katie can definitely learn from them. Any other surprise cuts or surprise signings that you saw over the past few days? I mean, I, I don't necessarily I think you covered a lot of them. I think I'm really impressed with Amy Atwell. Um, oh yes. Good call. That was a great one. I have watched her play a lot with her time at Hawaii and, um, I'm kind of, kind of angry at myself that I wasn't more vocal about her because I've always been really impressed with her, her skill set, her length, her ability to score the basketball. Like I, I, I 
I think it's a really interesting situation. I mean, she's going to be playing tonight. I think that's awesome. Uh, she made the Sparks roster as of now. I mean, you know how it is. You know, these first couple weeks, it's like, you know, musical chairs when it comes to the roster and, and people and filling spots and filling holes. So there's going to be still a lot of change. But really impressed, you know, with that just kind of situa- situation right there in Los Angeles. And, and just you kind of alluded to it, their ability to go from what would have been you know, 11 people on the roster to 12 to currently 13. If you look at the cap, um, I know that's something you want to talk about. <laughs> that's the stupidest thing ever. That is like, I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm not saying that to you, Rachel, but like you don't have 13, like forget it. I, there's multiple other teams that have multiple people on the cap. I heard from multiple people. Oh, the sparks of thir- like Dallas is 13. What does Minnesota have? Right, like you get hardship exemptions. Everyone's well, still on it. You yeah, and I mean, as soon as, as players get back over, then people get cut. So th- there are definitely more cuts to come when in Los Angeles and in Dallas and these other teams. There's there's no doubt about that. But yeah, it's the whole thirteen on the roster thing was throwing people through some tizzies yesterday. That's for the 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 thing that I want to touch on: teams with interesting rosters, rosters that make me go, hmm. Um, <laughs> the LA Sparks are number one. I mean, like. Let's let's start off with the LA Sparks. The interesting thing is is the moves that they made. Now I understand, and I, I'm going to put this out there. I I'm completely aware that people are going to disagree with me. This is my opinion on it. All right, I'm a big fan of Ono, uh, Olivia Nelson Adota, um, but and I think she played extremely well, not in the NCAA tournament, but in these preseason games mm-hmm. um, and in uh, training camp, from what I've heard. My thing is, like, you look at this roster, and there's just some question marks that you have. We talked about it. They they cut Arella Grantis uh, and Taya Cooper. Now, I'm fine with you cutting Cooper. I feel like if you're uh, the GM of the Sparks, you kind of got to go, okay, yes, she brings a ton of followers and attention. We tried trade. Couldn't find a trade. Okay, cool. We have to cut her because she's not as good a basketball player as somebody else who's going to be on our team. But the real question that really hits me um, with this team is, I know Amanda Zawabee was going to miss a portion of the game, but I, Rachel, I'm just, I told you this off air and I'll, I'll say it on air. So excuse me as I repeat myself, but like going into this off season, it very much felt like to me that the LA Sparks were aware of the fact that like, to be blunt, it's been a shit show since Derek Fisher took over. <laughs> yes. You had a pretty good, like you had a pretty, you like the first couple of years when you had a stacked roster, you had a pretty good, you had a really good regular season record, an abysmal playoff record. You, you know, don't make the playoffs this past season. Um, and Derek Fisher's, I don't want to say his reputation's on the line, but his name is on the line, right? In the sense of if they had another season this year, like they did job. last year. His job. What? Or his job, yeah. you know. Exactly. His job was in question. His job was on the line. And that's what I mean about it. Um, and it looked like it was a all chips in when they make the move to get Liz Cambage. Uh, when they get Jordan Canada, Kennedy Carter, Katie Lou, um, you know, trade around in the draft to get back in there and get, and get some powerful picks in the draft. I don't want to downplay the draft picks. Here's what my concern is, is they kind of were midway through the path towards all chips in, which was a situation that in my opinion is it's either going to implode on them and look and go horrible, or it's going to be greatness, right? Like this is the Showtime Sparks. Um And they kind of moved on from a few players that had a little bit more experience or a lot more in Amanda Zawibi's situation to then bring on these younger players. And like, it's so rare for rookies to have seriously impactful minutes 
in the playoffs and or like Amanda's like having a Dota, you know, for the season when uh, Amanda Zowie B is going to miss 10 games or so fine. I get that. But when you get to the playoffs, who you, who do you want as your backup? A rookie who had a horrible showing in the big time games of the tournament or a vet who's been dying to be in that moment and has had big moments before. Well, Sorry, that's my that's my No, I think it. first horrible in the tournament is a little harsh, but I hear what Rachel, you have to remember how many games in the tournament I watched. Yeah, like a half of the game. So <laughs> everyone take that with a grain of salt. I, I turned on the tournament and yeah. she missed three missed missed a couple free throws and a couple layups. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, okay. <laughs> um I think <laughs> I think that she has a lot of pro potential. Um you know, coming from UConn and, and just that, that that speaks for itself. So I don't think, you know, you're looking at Olivia Nelson Adota to take the Sparks to win a championship. However, you know, it. I think the attention, yes, I agree. You know, it's it's all chips in. This is a completely new roster. I mean, yes, we can talk about Sykes and Tolliver, Neka, Shanae, you know, but like in my mind, it felt like the Ogumukes didn't even play last year, you know. It's, so it's like now – you know, hopefully everyone's healthy for me, you know, and then you bring in aspects of like Jasmine Walker, who, you know, this was a player who this team felt really highly on and miss played in like some preseason games last year. And then, you know, has been out. So that's a question mark. I, I do think you have a lot of versatility. You have a lot of length. You have players who can kind of shift around kind of that four and five, three position at times. Um, and, and so I don't, I mean, I remember, you know, you saying that to me last night, I was like, oh, that's a good point. But now when I'm really looking at this roster a little bit more, I think you have, in my mind, it comes down to you have to get something out of Shanae. She's got to have a good, solid season. I think NECA's got to be good. Um, you know, obviously you have the most dominant center in the league outside of Brittany Griner and, and Liz Cambage. So, you know, I think that they've got the pieces there on the interior, you know, when it comes to like long runs and deep playoff runs, but I will say early on in this season, it is going to be important, you know, that Fisher throws Nelson Adota and Walker out there and, and like allows them to develop and play. And, and that way, when it does hit playoff time, if this team is a playoff team, which in my opinion, they 100% should be, you know, they can be serviceable and they can provide those valuable minutes. If, if people are going to be buried on the bench and you're only going, you know, seven deep, that's going to be a problem. So um, I'm not as concerned about it as, as you are. Like, I mean, yeah, I was, I was a little bit surprised about the Zowie B situation. I think she was really good for LA last year. She served a role that this team didn't have, but I don't see it as a huge necessity as, as much as you do. I hear you. No, I, I guess I went on a rant there. My Sinead's gotta be up, good. Like Sinead's gotta be good. Like we've seen her be, but she also like, she needs to play her six woman of the year yeah. uh, style play. But also I will say like, for me, it's more so that like, in my mind, the way the boat was going was like, we're going to the left, we're going to the left. And then partway through, they're like, oh, maybe we should go to the right. And now they're kind of in the middle, and I feel like they're not committed to either, really. But not here nor there. Another interesting roster in my mind is the Connecticut Sun, a team that made some interesting cuts right as uh, right as the season was coming down to it. Their roster includes Dewana Bonner, Alyssa Thomas, John Cole Jones, Jasmine Thomas, uh, Brianna Jones, Courtney Williams, Natisha Heideman, Nia Cloudin, Dijanae Carrington, Yvonne Anderson, and Joyner Holmes. Lots of fluctuation there. Uh, an interesting thing because as you and I and our listeners all know, you know, these <clears throat> Connecticut Sun teams under Kurt Miller have been extremely, extremely, you know, shallow, I think is the right term to make, maybe. 
Um, and so because of that, um, it's just one of those situations where I guess you're shocked when you see like these younger players like, um, you know, a Beatrix Montpremier, uh, like a, uh, um, a Kyla Charles, pl- players like that who like we've seen Kurt Miller have faith in. Um, and to see them cut was a little bit shocking to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it, it, this is a situation where we talk about the cap, you know, it's, it's, they're already going to be shorthanded this year. And then for the first <clears throat> two games, at least they're playing with nine because they did, they, they don't qualify for the medical hardship with Courtney Williams suspension. Duana Bonner's not over here yet. She could miss anywhere from the first three to seven games of the season. Um, so she really shorthanded, you know, the first few games. And, and I think, you know, it's just not going to be at full strength. And as you said, shallow, but again, that's the direct cause of the CBA and, and everything we opened up the show talking about. Um, I, I think that you got to, you got to look at Nia Cloud and what she was able to do. You know, she was a bit of a surprise for Connecticut to be able to get her at 12 in the draft and she goes in the training camp and I mean, she's got that offensive firepower and, and we even talked about it. Like she's going to, she's going to compete for a spot. And now, and now you've got to make some really tough cuts. Um, I think we're going to see a Connecticut team that's plays, plays a little bit smaller this year because of that. Um, I mean, they talked about, they really felt like they needed more offensive firepower at the off guard position. Cloudon's really good at playing off the ball. She can also facilitate the offense, but obviously they, they added that in Courtney Williams as well. But um, you know, Duana Bonner is more than capable of sliding over and playing at the four. She's been doing it all year in Europe and playing exceptionally well. So it is going to look a little bit different in terms of just their interior depth and size. They're going to be a little bit smaller. But I mean, again, when you have a player like Duana Bonner who can literally play one through four, <laughs> why not with, with with that type of type of length and versatility? So, yeah, I mean, you know, Connecticut's interesting from the standpoint of this team is going to be so shorthanded, you know, so, you know, you're, you're going to see them, you know, Kurt doesn't go that deep anyway. I was, I think, shout out to Jasmine who called me out when I was tweeting about it. She said, well, he's not going to play more than six anyway. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Um, but I do think that, you know, when we get into the bulk of the season and the meat of the season, if everyone can remain healthy, that's the one thing I'm excited about is seeing this team at full strength around their big three. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. It's going to be an interesting one. It will be, heck, you can even say big four or five big six sure. right like it's funny because like look the you know in on the men's side from what i've gathered of the little stuff i know about the nba um it's a situation where everyone recently started talking about super teams super teams WNBA's had super teams for years you look at the la sparks a few years ago the minnesota Lynx, um heck the houston comets the seattle like there's been so many super teams the difference has been or, or, i don't even know how i forgot about las vegas aces but honestly the biggest difference has been super teams that that worked well together kind of back to um the the Kurt Miller line I always get in arguments with people about this like the most talented roster is not specifically the best team right like you and we talk about the Vegas Aces the past two years one of the most talented WNBA rosters we've seen but not the best team in the sense of they were able to play off of each other in a way that wins a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how it does. <clears throat> the last team that I want to talk about for the most interesting rosters before we get into some fun stuff is the Seattle Storm. And the Seattle Storm is the, the last team I picked, not because I just wanted to do teams that start with an S, but because the Seattle Storm are a team that you have Brianna Stewart, you have Jewel Lloyd, and you have Sue Bird. Very easily, 
a superpower team right there. You add the defense of January. You add the versatility of Gabby Williams. Um, you Love add the the youth and crazy skill of Ezzy, um, the shooting of Talbot. And then you got some a little bit of confusings, right? <laughs> I'm not the one who says this. Other people say it. Rashawn DeGray, Jantel Lavender um, are some players who I think, you know, you definitely need big depth. They need some true bigs. They've kind of, they've done, in my opinion, some patchwork since losing Clark and Natasha Howard. That said, Mercedes Russell is poised to have yes. a really, really good season when she comes back from that injury, which is going to keep her out for an annoyingly long time. I think I saw like up to like three or four weeks is what's expected. So it's going to be an interesting one. Um, what are your thoughts on this roster? I think it's easy to say they have the talent to get it done. They're definitely a finals championship contender. What's the weakness? What's the strength? You know, it's interesting. Like usually we're all like storm, storm, storm. And how, how much of a superpower this team can be. You know, the way things really shook out at the end of the season last year when Stewie got hurt and they really just like, they limped in to the playoffs, got knocked out that first round. I mean, I think they lost three or four in a row. You know, it just, I think it just kind of like dwindled away and like, you know, that what this team is capable of being was not. And so I definitely, um, I, I pray and I hope that this is, you know, a, a one last rodeo and this team is at full strength and, and we get to see this team be great because I think it makes just the league great and they are such a force to be reckoned with. And, um, you know, I, I know in later on the show, you're going to make me pick it and I have to stay consistent across every prediction that I make or otherwise. No, you don't. No, that's <laughs> oh, the beauty of doing multiple predictions, well, Rachel. Well, then never mind. I'm doing it wrong. But I, I definitely, I think that, like <laughs> there's a part of me like deep in my heart, like I can go around about Chicago. I can go around about Connecticut and I can go on about Seattle. Like I just, this team is good for basketball when they are clicking on all cylinders and they're healthy. Um, and I hope for Sue Bird's sake, you know, that, that that's kind of the case. I, I just, it's, they're just so fun to watch. So they, they truly, truly are. All right. This is where it gets real, real fun. <laughs> Early MVP vote. I'll go first. Um, and, and this is a tough one because when, when the teams become more super powered, I think it gets harder because in my mind, like, when you have a team like Connecticut, it's easy for me to go and say John Quill Jones is going to be the MVP again. Um, but when you have a team like Connecticut with so much star power, I think it's it's hard to pick. Honestly, I'm I'm going to throw this out there. I know it's a ridiculous take. This is more of like a home run lob, right? Because if I get it right, I'm going to look like a genius. I'm going to say Sylvia Fowles. Yeah, that would be pretty poetic, wouldn't it? Right. And, you know, Sue Bird's final runs getting a lot of attention. The possibility of Diane Taurasi, who I think recently I saw, said that she'll be back for more, uh, which obviously, uh, no, but like, obviously she's not going out this season when, like, let's be blunt, we'll talk about it in a moment, but like this Mercury season might be a wash just because as horrible as it is, without Brittany Griner, you're losing your M- your MVP candidate, you're mm-hmm. losing your best player, your, you know, your anchor, there's no way the Mercury, are, and, and I'll say that, like, there's no way the Mercury are going to be nearly as successful as they were last season. New coach you know, some other turnaround and no Brittany Griner. This team, I don't, I've seen them be ranked like top five in the league in some power polls. And I think you're smoking too much of whatever you're smoking. Um, So I'm going to go still, but with like a a caveat of, I expect it probably to be Stewie. Who's your MVP vote? You know, I I would love 
fouls because man, I just love her. She, I mean, last year playing the best basketball of her career. Still, um, honestly, I think it could have been Griner. You know, the way she's been playing and the way the way she played last year. It. I pray to God maybe maybe we can see her um, in the league. You know, this season. Um, I think it's between Asia Wilson and Sabrina Stewart. Um, I think being able to throw the ball to Wilson and let her go to work and do what she does is when she's at her best. And that's now kind of what this Las Vegas roster is. However, there's too many question marks with it for me, just for some reason. Um, I think Stewie has proven time and time. Brianna Stewart's the greatest player in the world and is an absolute unicorn in what she's capable of doing. And when she's healthy and she's already proven she can bounce back from injuries and come back and be on a tear. Like she, she's just, she's just unique in that way. Um, I think it'll be Stewie. I think, yeah. I mean, I, and again, the other one, the other one that really I haven't seen up for MVP discussion is Lena Deladon. But, you know, I think we, as we all know, the health factor there and the concerns, people are hesitant to kind of put that in, into the universe. But I mean, you know, you know, those are, those are kind of the names that I think have to be tossed around if they're at full strength and they're healthy. Like, you know, Deladon's, you know, going to give Stewie a run for that MVP. MVP. I, I, I agree with you, but I think it's going to come down to, and I'll say this, like if Deldon's based on what I've heard from coach T and the, the expectations that I have from Deldon. So I could be completely off and just be ridiculous with the statement. I'm just going to say if, if Deldon wins MVP, it's going to show an extreme bias in the voters. And I only say that because I like, she's, it's already expected for her to miss like 10 games, or I think I saw seven to 10 games. Oh, um, not they're not going to be having her travel all the time. I think I saw, uh, opening weekend, she's not going to be going to Minnesota for that game. Um, so yeah. there's, go- I just think, well, I agree with you skill set wise, right? When, sure. when, if, if we only count the games that she's playing in sure. and compare them to the other people, yes, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But I do think there's going to be that issue of her just not playing enough games. Um, yeah. You know, similar kind of similar to the John Qual Jones a few years yeah. ago when she won six women. And it was like, she started one less game and that's the, the deciding factor, or whatever. Okay, cool. Moving on, pick. You have to go first for this one, um, and I hope you don't pick who I'm going to pick. But uh, day one, who are you picking to win it all? I have consistently put Chicago on my other. Con- the- you Homer, and, but here's it's because I felt like I couldn't be hypocritical and switch it up, and now you're telling me that I can. So now, no, I'm you can you can do whatever, Rachel. Um, I, whew, it's a three horse race for me with. Las Vegas is a giant dark horse question mark. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say Seattle. I think um, they're going to be dominant and uh, they're going to, they're going to win out. You have Brand- a healthy Brana Stewart, Sue Bird's last ride, something just so poetic about it. I'm going to Seattle. Unfortunately, Rachel, you're wrong. The Connecticut Sun and Kurt Miller finally get over too. the hump. I would love that. They, they finally get over the hump. And then, and then the beauty is when it does happen, um, I'm going to call up Kurt and Brandy and be like, remember when Rachel said you guys weren't going to win it all? And I said you would. Um, let's talk about predictions. This is a fun one. Not the predictions, not the pick them that you're thinking, Rachel. I want you to pick a team that's going to have a slow start, but is going to show up much later in the season. Um, and I'll go first with my dark horse, which is the Phoenix Mercury, mainly because they do it every year. Um, and then you add in the element of like, on the rare random occasion that Brittany Griner, I shouldn't say rare random, on the hopeful occasion, but like realistically, let's say she does get freed. Does she then want to play in this season? I don't know. That's a whole nother question mark, a whole nother realm. So they're the dark horse for me. Um, but it, the other team is the Minnesota Lynx. They have injuries to Angel McCautry, 
Uh, Caleb McBride still overseas. Demir Stantis is coming back from injury um, and still not 100%. Um, this team is going to have a rough go in the beginning of the season. Similar to last year when they started off, I think, like 0-4 or something like that. Um, it's going to be a tough one. But as we've seen before, i.e. Connecticut Sun, you can start off 0-8 and still make a deep playoff run. Pick a team for me. Um, I'm just going to go just because of the nature of the situation. I'm going to go with the Sparks. When you have that much change, that many new faces, that many personalities that have to get consistency and fit well together, it's going to be an absolute roller coaster, in my opinion, uh, of the start of the season for the Sparks. Like One moment they're going to look phenomenal, the next moment it's going to be a train wreck. I, I think it will be very interesting. But you know, this is a team that once they – if they can gel and find that consistency and they – they're, you know, they start kind of have that coercion that, that that needs to happen for a team. Like, like they just need that time together. They need to play games together. They need to be in practice together. They need to be, you know, going through the trials of the season together. Uh, so I'm going to go Sparks, and I'm hoping to God that Chicago does not do what they did last year, which was look horrendous for a long stretch of the season and then look really good and eventually go win it all. I think Chicago will be a little bit more consistent throughout. Interesting. I was thinking you were going to go with Chicago. Well, I wanted to just because of that typically is what happens, but I just, well, but not, not only that it's interesting too, because I was going to say that Chicago is a team that I've always thought has really, and I've talked to players, they have really intense training camp and preseason. So they often start off really hot and then sometimes cool. That's what we saw last year. I think they started off two and oh, and then went like, oh, and six or an eight game swing, eight game swing, whatever. The reason I thought you were going to mention Chicago is just because um, they're missing Ka for the opening. Quiggs is hurt. Um, Alamon's not coming till later. So they're they're a team that I just think they might have a slow start. But similar to what you were saying, you got to have faith well, in them. Well, and I, I just – I think that going off Candace Parker's remarks the other day that were basically like, we sucked last year. <laughs> like if you look at the body of work of the season, yes, they got hot – they finally hit. They they did what every team strives. So to. glad she said that because yeah, I, I get yelled at when I say that. Like like they did what they were supposed to do at the right time. That's what every team is is vying for right now. You know these games tonight don't really matter. You know it's experience and they're glorified. You know preseason games. In my opinion, yes, they matter with Commissioner's Cup and records, all that stuff. But like you know they ha- these games are just experiences on the floor, and your hope is that you know you position yourself to be in a good standing um to give yourself a good deep playoff run whatever I'm, I, everyone knows what i'm talking about um i think you know chicago every team will have peaks and valleys throughout the season but i mean chicago's were just so extreme last year and hearing her comments i'm like it's it's exactly how i felt about them and you always felt like man if this team could 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 click they could go win it all and they did i just don't think it will be that intense like seven game losing streak type of intense you know i think they'll be a little more back and forth, <laughs> win-loss, win-win-loss. You know what I'm saying? It, it won't be mm-hmm. so um, ridiculous as last year was. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, some news that seems to be semi-breaking. Crystal Dangerfield is now listed on the Indiana Fever's roster, so keep that in mind um, as we move forward. It's going to be an interesting one uh, for Dangerfield and for some other players. Um, all right, Rachel. This is the time that everyone gets excited for. And we, and and I should say that, like, this Dangerfield news just came out. We can obviously talk about it more. I just think it's going to be interesting with 
you know, Destiny Henderson, with uh, Lexi, with, you know, the Mitchell. Like, that team has so many players. I feel like they have, like, 40 people on roster. Um, we'll talk about the Fever on a different episode. Game one tonight. I think we should go Indiana through Fever. and say where to find them because it's one of those weird days where, okay, where, like, where, where are the games going to be on tonight? I think we should put them uh, out there. All right, all right, all right. So Indiana Fever and Washington. Well, I'll tell you as we do pick'ems, okay? Yeah, I like that. Game one, 7 p.m. Eastern, Indiana Fever at the Washington Mystics. You can find the game on Facebook, NBC Sports Washington, or Monumental. Rachel, I'll let you go first because I don't know. Actually, you know what? I don't know if I did this on the air yet, and I know I'm just prolonging this episode a ridiculous amount. I saw, I'm, I apologize to our listeners. Rachel is just inducted into another Hall what? of Fame. I was? You told me this. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. You got to be looking over here like a fool. You were inducted into another Hall of Fame, um, Hoff 4.0 in the building. Why are, so, you, why are you thinking about this? Um, well, I was trying to find an excuse to let you pick first and to embarrass <laughs> okay. you okay. on live air. Um, Rachel's back in the Hall of Fame. You can't keep her out for much. It's kind of like the boards. Uh, she's the queen of the paint. Rachel, Indiana or the Washington Mystics? I mean... I'm excited to see Indiana. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> You're just, so nice. I cannot. I mean, obvi- I mean, you know, it, it's a complete implosion, and I'm excited to see what it looks like as of today. Um, but I have to go Washington. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with them also. <laughs> uh, next game, which you can find on NBA TV um, or Spectrum, Chicago Sky taking on the LA Sparks Ooh. in Chicago. Who are you going with? Man. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Is that what that, go ahead. Yeah, all right, cool. I'm I'm going LA Sparks. I just I think I I think this is going to be the game of the night. Um it's gonna be up and down and maybe crazy bad, whatever, but there's just something about, you know, Ka missing, yeah, Quigley missing. Um yeah, who are you going with? Yeah, I think I think the Sparks will look really good tonight. Just, I'm just, I'm literally just throwing darts. Like, I, I think, I think they're going to look really good. I think there's, there's going to be motivation there and everyone's going to think that they're going to go, you know, everyone's going to overreact and think that they're this dominant team. And then they're going to look really bad a couple of days from now. That's my prediction. Um, I completely agree with that prediction. But I, actually. but I do think that, you know, there's something about Chicago and not having Allie, um, Ka, you know, that's, that's just, it's just, they're not at full strength. And I think LA has some really um, excitable pieces that'll come in there and play really well. Las Vegas Aces taking on the Phoenix Mercury in Phoenix, NBA TV, Bally Sports, Arizona, and TSN. Um, this is an interesting one. I'm going to go first on it because then you'll go first on the next <laughs> one. Um, no, I mean, I, I see the Aces winning. The, the Phoenix Mercury, they don't have Diamond Shields back. Um, word is she might be front court for this game as she just won an Italian League championship. Um, I just think it's one of those situations – Similarly, I, I think people coming into this, just what I've gathered looking around the, the, the WNBA world, people are too hyped on the Mercury. People are too hyped on the Aces, in my opinion. I think there's going to be some amazingness, but also some growing pains of a first-year head coach um, and a complete shift in style of play. Who are you going with, Aces versus Mercury? I mean, you also have a first-year head coach with the Aces as well, but... Yeah. Oh, I, I, that's sorry. That's what I was going with. I, I think the Mercury just missing their MVP. Gotcha. They're going to have, yeah. and like you don't have that defensive anchor that can kind of make up for the fact that certain other players on this team are just bad at defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go aces as well. 
I just think that um, the pieces they have, and, it, and we have not talked about them a lot on the show. You know, this is a team that, that is like, like hiding in the shadows there behind those top three of like, we all know what this team can do as well. And they have a lot of really elite level talent, especially an anchor at Asia Wilson. So um, I just want to give them a little bit of a shout out. It's work. I'm not, I'm not discrediting the aces with anything. I think it's just, you know, you, you want to see what this team is working with. A lot of change took place, especially with a coaching, coaching change. Yeah. I'm going to go final, go with- final game, Minnesota Lynx in Seattle. It's on Twitter, Amazon prime, Fox 13 plus. I don't know what that is. Um, I, I feel like we're probably going to pick the same team on this. So since I'm from Minnesota, since we we can't have a situation where we like are always picking the same team, I'll let you pick first. I assume you're going Storm, so then I'm going to go Minnesota because yeah. um, I'm that type of guy who likes to to try and win more. Yeah, I was going to say we can't agree on everything. I'm definitely going Storm. Okay, you're going Storm. I'm going Lynx. We'll remember this. And I believe I still have to, from two years ago, jump in a pool with clothes on. Yes. I think we straight up tied last year, which is really annoying. What what are these results? We do this, and I never know who actually wins. So I'm the one. I I actually keep track of all of them. For our (laughs) listeners, I keep track of all of them. Two years ago, you beat me by one game, and I was so pissed because it was like some – I forget what it was. It was the first time we, like, did it for a full season. Um, And it was was like some stupid last game ruined it. (laughs) And I ended up losing. You beat me about one game. I have to jump in a pool. Yeah, last I mean, year, on the last week, on the last day of games, I made a huge comeback, um, and we ended up tying. Gotcha. Okay. We'll see how it goes. But that's it for today, Rachel. What's our closing line? <laughs> um, have fun tonight, everyone. <laughs>